I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, well, I have one of my favorite types of episodes, because it's a listener ghost story. Oh, actually, wait, make that listener paranormal stories. More than just ghost stories, this has everything, including, wait for it, don't wait for it, I'm going to tell you right now, Bigfoot. A listener Bigfoot sighting. I love this one. But first up, as always, shout-outs. Shout-outs to the ever-awesome Amber, Amy, Angie, Autumn, Seth, Carolyn, Carolyn, Chuck, Dan, Daniel, David, Dill, Edgar, Harley, Heidi, J. Mark, Jade, Jared, Jeff, Jeff T, Jenny, Jim, Joe, Jory, Joshua, Juliana, Kenny, Kira, Kyle, Lash, Laura, Laura, Rutho, Laura M. Hi, Laura M. We chat just about every Monday, and I love it. Thank you so much. Lawrence, Lily, Lionel, Logan, M. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it again. I have to ask you. I keep forgetting to ask you. M. Caballero. I'm going to say Caballero this week. Hopefully that's right. Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Michaela, Manning, Martin, Matt, Megan, Melissa, Nanashi, Nick, Pablo, Rosa, Sarah. Hold on a second. I got to go to the second page. Sarah, Shelly. Lauren, Suzanne, Tosh, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Travis, Troy, Veronica, Vincente, and thank you to all my patrons, former patrons, future patrons, current patrons. Thank you so much. I can't do the show without you guys. I know I say that a lot, but I say that because it is true. Sarah Lint, you're awesome. I mean, I, I just gonna I should just randomly pick out some awesome people. Megan, you're awesome. Melissa, you're awesome. Manning, awesome. Angie, awesome. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Let me go through the list. Uh, Dan, you're awesome, but you know that I, I've met you. Uh, Jared, Lash, Laura. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna name everybody because you're all awesome. I'm sorry, everybody. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much. Like I said, honestly, cannot do the show without you guys. If you want to be a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. It helps get this show made. You guys want more episodes? Become patrons. I hate saying that, but it is the God's honest truth. The more episodes or the more patrons I get, the more episodes I can afford to do. And trust me, I've got a lot in the pipeline right now. I can't wait to, to tell you all about them. I can't wait to, to do all the episodes. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But I got a lot of good stuff. Can't wait. All right, next up is a quick paranormal news so we can get right to your great stories. Remember, if you have a true paranormal story, write to me on Facebook or at paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. The only thing I care about is true. I've got so many stories for this, this episode and even more where the people are like, eh, I'm sure this isn't a good story. And it's always an amazing story. Like, always. So, if you think your story is even slightly good, chances are it's awesome. Chances are, I want to hear it. 
Alrighty, so I'm going to do two stories in paranormal news, because like I said, I really want to get to the listener ghost stories. Oh, listener paranormal stories. I got to get used to saying that. First up, Pennsylvania ranks as third best state to spot Bigfoot. So Pennsylvania listeners, get out there and find Bigfoot. As always, don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. Alrighty. So they're saying that living in Pennsylvania is not such a far-fetched situation. In fact, Pennsylvania seems to be among the state's best states to see the big hairy creature, and it's the third best. In doing research for a new series, the Travel Channel looked at all the sighting stats collected from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, or BIFRO. I'm assuming they don't go by BIFRO, but I'm going to say it. According to the BIFRO website, they have the only collection of Bigfoot reports from across North America that have actually been investigated by researchers to determine credibility. So the channel poured over 23,000 sightings in the country and came up with a list of the eight states with the best chances to spot Sasquatch. Pennsylvania came in third with 1,340. The best was Washington with 2,032. And California, my state, came in second with 1,697 sightings. Look, I realize that not every one of these sightings are true. In fact, probably a small percentage are true, but... If even only a portion of these are true, there's 23,000 sightings of this supposed Bigfoot. It's not supposed, it's real. I'm just quoting other people. Some of these have got to be true. Something is out there. People are seeing something 23,000 times. Now, the Travel Channel says, with hundreds of miles of connected forest lands, it's a prime space for a large animal to go undetected. Sorry, Stitch was drinking my water in the background. Where's the best place to see the creature? Oh, they already said that. Washington. Why are they repeating that? That's weird. So it goes Washington, California, Pennsylvania, Michigan, my home state, home state. Yay, Michigan. New York, Ohio, Oregon, and Texas. Oregon. Sorry. I know that Oregon people don't like it when you say Oregon. Oregon. So um, you got a lot of chances. If you live in the United States and you live in any of these states that I just mentioned, please go out there. Find me a Bigfoot. Don't fucking shoot him. Next up in paranormal news, another story that is virtually identical. I don't know why I put it on here. It is the same story, just from Ohio's standpoint. The next story in paranormal news is virtually the same story, but this is from an Ohio newspaper or news site, and it is saying the eastern half, the eastern half of Ohio is teeming with Bigfoot sightings. The Travel Channel said, like I said, it's the same story, but from a different state's perspective. Numerous accounts have been reported of what locals call the Grassman, a large ape-like creature that has been seen roaming the hills and forests of Ohio's Appalachian Plateau. Now, the Travel Channel also mentions the Ohio Howl, which is a hair-raising recording of a deep voice screaming and howling into the night, believed to be the call of a Sasquatch. According to Biffro, Two similar howls were recorded in Cuyahoga Valley National Park once in 1994 and again in 2015. So 
a few decades, couple decades apart, and they're still getting the same howl. Something's out there, something's making these noises, and it's making the same noises. Once again, Bigfoot, not a hoax. Alrighty, like I said, I wanted to keep that brief as possible because I wanted to get right into it. Let's get to the good stuff. And this isn't even half of the stories you all sent in. Don't worry, there will be another episode. And if you don't hear your story here, it doesn't mean it wasn't good enough. It just meant I had to save it for the next one. There were so many stories to go through. Some of them were long and I kept them in this episode. Other ones were short, so I threw them in this episode. And I do that, you know, I kind of like mix them up every time. So there's more stories out there for another episode, a future episode of Listener Paranormal Stories. But I gotta say, like I said earlier, these episodes are some of my favorite. And it's not because I don't have to do research, but because I love hearing real stories from real people. Please, if you saw a UFO, if your grandpa saw a UFO, if your aunt saw a UFO, or a Bigfoot, or an alien, or whatever, fill in the blank. If your grandpa saw a fill in the blank, and you think it's a good enough story, or even a slightly interesting story, please send it to me. I want to share these stories. And the reason I'm saying it like that is, Ed Asner, I don't know if you guys know who Ed Asner is. A lot of the young kids might not know him. He was an actor, is an actor, technically. He was an actor, um, basically in the 70s, and 60s and 70s, he came really big. Anyhow, Ed Asner today said, when I was in the army in New Jersey in the 50s, we had an incident on the base where many people saw a UFO. The next day, we were all told, many of you went home last night and told your loved ones you saw a UFO. Then they gave the order, you will go home tonight and tell them that you were mistaken and that what you saw was not a UFO. I have always thought that we are not alone in the universe. I remain agnostic, but I always wondered why they made such a why they made such a point to tell us what was not seen from the 50s and he's just talking about it now why is he talking about it now i didn't add it to paranormal almanac or to the paranormal news section because it's probably going to be its own episode i'm sure you saw the news a lot of you sent it to me these navy ufo sightings are becoming more and more common because of that story ed asner came out with one of his stories people are going to start coming out with more and more of what they saw and questioning why they were told not to talk about it. This is the beginning of disclosure. And like I said earlier, I don't even think it's not in this episode, but in the past, I don't even think it's the beginning of disclosure. I think it is disclosure. Disclosure is going to take a while. It's going to be little pieces here and there until the full puzzle is put out and it can't be denied. UFOs are real. It's right there. We have all these things on record. UFOs are real. Extraterrestrials are real. But I digress. Let's get right into listener paranormal stories. Hi. Oh, and by the way, um, I, I edited a lot of these. I apologize. I kind of like got to the good stuff. Other ones I kept full because it was all good stuff. But anyhow, please don't think I'm editing your stories because I didn't care or I don't want to hear the whole thing. It's just for time. <sighs> Anyhow. Hi, a childhood friend of mine died suddenly, and the day after he died, I started seeing things in the corner of my eyes. Weird shadows moving quickly by my, by my bedroom door. 
shadows where there shouldn't be any. Then I noticed a small nightlight in my son's room. This nightlight suddenly had shadows in it. Now it's just a simple LED. It's just a bright light, or not a bright light, it's just a light. There are no shadows being cast from the nightlight until now. The shadows I saw started to move around. I said, is this you? Blank. I'm just going to say John. She, the person didn't give me the name, or they did give me the name, but they said not to use it. So I said, is this you, John? And the shadows stopped. So I started asking yes and no questions, saying, move the shadows only for yes. And they, it, whatever, answered, answered correctly to every question about our childhood. A test I did to see if it was John. I asked if he was okay, and it answered yes, and then the shadows disappeared and haven't been seen again. That's a fantastic beginning to this episode. Holy crap. Next one says, Hi, this is a question and an experience. Do the ghost apps work for phones? Oh, do the ghost apps for phones work? Kurt here. Nope. They go back to say, Because I used one at a sleepover, and since then... Stuff keeps falling off of shelves, my phone will not be where I put it down, and I keep hearing knocking on our door, but nothing shows up on our ring doorbell. In case you guys don't know what a ring doorbell is, it is the video camera doors uh, doorbell app thing. It's a little camera that you put out there for your doorbell. If anybody comes up, it's got a motion sensor. They're very sensitive motion sensors. I'm sure you already knew this. I apologize. Anyhow, keep hearing knocking on our door, but nothing shows up on our ring doorbell. Me again, Kurt here again. All right, that does sound like something followed you home from the sleepover or wherever. I'm not going to say those apps work, but who knows? Maybe it's not necessarily the app, but it was all of you at this sleepover trying to manifest something, and you did. Sometimes that's all it takes, is a group of people trying to manifest stuff. That's all it takes to make it real. Anyhow... Fantastic story. I hope that that's the extent of it for you. I hope it's just stuff keeps falling off your shelves and your phone won't be where you put it down. I hope it doesn't escalate. If it does, please let me know. And even if it doesn't and these things still happen, try to get photos of it. Try to get proof of it. And if you do, send it to me. Thank you so much. This next one's a real quick one. Moved into our apartment and the shower keeps turning on. Now, I don't know if it's the plumbing or something supernatural, but it's really weird to be asleep and awoke at 3 a.m. to the sound of a shower turning on in your apartment. Now, Kurt here. Um, I, I did ask for a follow-up. I have not gotten it yet. I really hope they do. Is it one of those apartment worlds where you're on the middle of the fourth, like there's five floors and you're on third floor? Because a lot of times that plumbing is all connected. Someone turns on a shower or turns off the shower and it builds up pressure and that pressure releases somewhere. Now, if you're saying that your shower turns on and it's hot water and it's getting really steamy and then the hot water turns off and then it's cold water, like if, if there's some intelligence to it, yeah, it's probably supernatural. If there's no intelligence to it, if it's just your shower is turning on, I'm going to lean towards the rational explanation that it's probably plumbing but I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the specifics. Again, please uh, reply. Follow up. 
This next one says, hi, here's a quick one. My, qui my kids, not quids, my kids were running around upstairs making a ton of noise, loud footsteps and banging. Finally, I'd had enough and I yelled at them to keep it down, which they did for a second, then started back up even louder. So I screamed, ooh, I don't know if I should use the real names. Eh, whatever. I'm going to quote unquote make up some names. I screamed, Katie, Steven, knock it off. And my daughter came in from the backyard asking, what did I just yell? So I was shocked because I thought she was upstairs. So I asked her where her brother was. And she said, outside with her. The noise stopped when she walked in and no one else was in the house. I went upstairs. I looked around everywhere. I brought Katie with me. I think that's, I think that's hilarious. I brought Katie with me and there was nobody upstairs. And it ends with, I want to move now. Huh? Don't blame you. I really don't. Um, if that's, again, if that's the extent of it, so you got some ghosts, maybe ghost kids. And I know ghost kids are scary. There's one thing that freaked me the hell out, but eh, so they run around and make a little bit of noise. If it's in a house and it's not going to affect your neighbors or really bug you that much, you got some playful spirits. Let them play. Alrighty. This next one says, I'm listening to the Black Triangle episode right now. And I thought I would write you about my own sightings of a black triangular craft. Yes, please. I believe it was 2012 or thereabouts, early summer at dusk. My partner and I were driving home from Enfield, Connecticut. As we approached a T intersection in a residential area, we saw passing above us a black triangular craft that seemed to just clear the trees ahead of this, ahead of the intersection. I felt like I could have hit it with a thrown baseball given the opportunity. We observed the craft for three to five seconds through the front windscreen of the car. I thought that was odd. They didn't say front windshield. They said front windscreen. But I think they're from Connecticut. In America, we say windshields. Uh, anyhow, uh, until it passed out of sight over the roof. Once the craft was out of sight, I looked in the rearview mirror and seeing that several cars were waiting behind us, we continued the drive home. The windows were rolled down and the craft made no noise and moved more slowly than any traditional aircraft relying on an airfoil for lift. I love that. Um, I was traveling north, paralleling Highway I-91, approximately 100 feet east of the highway. Listen to all these details. This is fantastic. This area is between Bradley International Airport and Westover Air Force Base. My memory of this is a little fuzzy and I can't be sure if the craft had lights or not though I feel like it had a white light at each tip of the triangle pointing downwards. Besides the incredible nature of this close encounter, I find it strange that neither my partner nor I thought to pull a U-turn and attempt to follow the craft for a better view. What we seen could not have been an F-117 Nighthawk or a B-2 Spirit. Again, details, love them. The craft was a perfect equilateral triangle and from our vantage point had no discernible depth, but was silhouetted against the sky. I believe that if this was an optical illusion caused by the viewing of the lights on the underside of a blimp, it would not have appeared so close and propulsion of the blimp would have been audible. Also, it was not yet totally dark and the craft was a distinct solid object seen against the darkening skies. So what do you think? Well, name redacted, you know what I thought because I instantly replied because this is an amazing story. There's details, there's specifics. And it is strange that neither of, neither of them thought to pull a U-turn and follow it. Except for the fact that this happens with UFO stories all the time. All of a sudden, everybody's like, huh. And they move on. Not everybody, but a large portion of people that see a UFO go, huh. 
like it's natural or normal and then kind of move on. It's almost like this weird haze that you get into where you're like, yep, there's one of them UFOs and then that's it. And you don't think to do the logical stuff. What causes that? I don't know, but it's really bizarre. And like I said, it happens a lot. And I mean a lot, a lot. Okay, again, that was a fantastic one. So many details. This is what I'm talking about. It's not this crude, like, I don't know what time of day it was. I didn't know what color it was. I didn't know there's lights. I don't know where they were. Look, they said they were between Bradley International Airport and Westover Air Force Base. Two major things where craft can be seen. Yet this didn't look like any craft. Not only that, they gave specific crafts it didn't look like that it could have. And plus, I like this because it does show that they were listening to my Black Triangle episode. So, thank you for listening. A fantastic story. Okay, up next. Hi, I played with a Ouija board at a party. I know, I know. They wrote that. And yeah, what the hell? Come on. Um, anyhow, they're saying, we were all high and... Ooh, I don't want to swear this episode. We're all high and messing around, so we started to try to summon a demon. Nothing really happened with the Ouija board, but for the next few nights, I kept getting scratched while I slept. I just assumed I was doing it to myself somehow, but then I got a call from another girl at the party, and she told me how she had scratches on her, too. We called around, and of the five of us that played with the Ouija board, three of us had scratches repeatedly for three nights in a row after the party, on our arms, stomachs, necks, or backs. It has since stopped, but all of us independently were getting the same scratches in the same areas. Kurt here, don't don't mess with Ouija boards. Just don't do it. Ouija boards are bad. Just don't do it. Alrighty, this next one's a little bit longer, but it's so good. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna jump right into it. There was more to this email. I cut to that part. My dad, stepmom, sister, stepbrother, and sister live in a town in New York, halfway between Buffalo and Rochester. But they've all had, but they've had all sorts of things happen from banging to crap falling over to their names being called and so on. My experiences, besides effing feeling like I'm being watched, was that me and my old man were unemployment or unemployed at the time playing video games when I told, when I said, Hey, can you pause it? I gotta take a pee. So I got up to take a leak and I walked through the living room where we were into the very small hallway that has a staircase. As I'm passing the staircase to go to the bathroom, I look up at the top of the stairs and at the top is a little girl. At the time, I really didn't think much of it because my stepsister, my stepsister's room was upstairs till I started going pee. Then I realized my stepmom and stepsister had left to go to the store. I started to kind of play it back in my head and I noticed the odd clothing. The girl had a black dress with pleats on with white blouse, with uh, with a white blouse on and with uh, ruffles, with ruffles and cuffs. And her shoes had the effing buckles on them. I can't remember what her face exactly looked like, but I remember her long hair. I got to the bathroom, stopped, looked up the top of the stairs again and asked my dad, did my stepmom and stepsister leave? He said, yeah, like a half hour ago. Why? I told him exactly what happened. And he proceeds to tell me that a week before he heard a child's footsteps run from my stepsister's room to his room and slam his bedroom door shut. So right there, he confirmed what I saw. Holy crap, that's awesome. Again, details. What she looked like, what she was wearing. There is a lot of great details here. 
And I don't know why it is. Like, why are most ghosts from the time frame when they have buckles and pleads and white blouses and vintage clothing, is there something about the timeline or the distance in time between when they died and now that causes ghosts, causes the paranormal effect? Now, I would like to know, did the ghost seem to look at you? Did it seem to have any kind of connection to the little girl seemed to register that you were there? Did she look startled to see you? Maybe it was a time slip. I want to know more about it. So, sorry, black helicopters flying overhead. Um, I want to know more about it. So, again, if you wrote this, please reply. Tell me more details. Do you think the ghost noticed you or recognized you or realized you were there? Was it just a time loop? Was it caught in a loop? Or was it a time slip where you were seeing a girl, a little, a living little girl? It's a neat one anyway. Alrighty. The next one says, and it might be from the same person. You never know. Okay, I put a UFO on here. And yes, this is a short one. I was heading from Rochester to Webster, New York. All right, I'm just going to tell you. It was the same person. They're awesome. Ghost story and a UFO story. Love it. On the 104, and this is a pretty crappy day. Like we had just done... We just got done raining and the sun was going down. It had to be about 7 p.m. And if you look on Google Maps and look at Rochester to Webster on the 104 over what is the... Oh, come on. You made me see it. Iron... Iron... Dequois? Iron Dequois Bay Bridge. Guarantee I got that wrong. Um, on this Bay Bridge, I'm heading east, so the sun is behind me. Uh, if you look on the map, Webster borders Lake Ontario, and there is just behind the clouds a massive orange orb lit up like just over the lake so i watched this thing hanging behind the clouds as i got off the bridge and get off the expressway onto bay road and tried to get down to the lake i watched from there to lake road all the way down to webster park which has a pier so i could see this thing through the trees almost to the point of almost to the point of webster park but by the time i got there it was i would most likely be face to face with a giant orb it was gone now, two things in hindsight. One, I should have tried to get to the other pier by the inlet, which I kick myself for every time I think about it. Two, I wish someone was with me as someone was with me as well to see this, but I really want someone else to come forward that is listening. So if you live near Webster or Rochester, New York, and know what the hell I'm talking about, please, for the love of God, back me up on this, because I know a ton of people saw it, and I just want to see if anyone got pictures or videos of this or can be like, F yeah, I was there. And basically, a bunch of her friends say no. Uh, a bunch of this person's friends say no. So, yeah. Hey, listeners. If you were near Webster or Rochester, New York, if you have any idea how to say I-R-O-N-D-E-Q-U-O-I-T Bay Bridge, you know the area, you know the 104, you know going from Rochester to Webster, New York, and you've seen this orange orb, this massive orange orb, Please let me know. I'll let the listener know. I'm sure I'll talk about it on a future episode if there are more witnesses. Because as always, the more witnesses, oops, as always, the more witnesses, the better. All right, and that leads us to the next story. As a very young child, I experienced things that I still remember as a 27-year-old. My parents divorced when I was five, and so up until that point, there was a lot of fighting and yelling between my parents. I remember vivid nightmares of my parents incoherently screaming at the top of their lungs, which, of course, is terrifying Terrifying for a child under five. Another dream, I was walking into the hall. I looked in my parents' room. Lightning flashed, and there were two creatures illuminated by the light. In the real world, however, I remember several crazy experiments. Oh, so this is actually one of their experiences. 
So they say it was a dream. So that leads me to think maybe it was just that. It was just a dream. But anyhow, let me keep going. In the real world, however, I remember several crazy experiences. One night I was sleeping in my parents' bed because it was a bad storm. I was laying on my back and suddenly a clawed hand started in the middle of my chest and slid off the bed. Another time, sleeping in my parents' room because of a storm, I saw a dark figure at the end of the bed. I honestly remember trying not to be scared and say it was just the dresser of something because it wasn't moving, and then it moved. It moved very slowly, and eventually I ended up falling asleep. In the real world, however, I remember several crazy experiences. One night I was sleeping in my parents' bed. Oh, wait, no, I already said that. Oh, and so then it goes into a bunch of quick stories that I really like. So a black cloaked figure in the field behind my house. I was out riding my four-wheeler. I was dealing with a lot of anger and depression. I wish I could have just died. Then I saw that. Uh, several years later, I saw a woman in white in the backfield. Several different occasions, my friends and I would see black mass shoot past my bedroom door. I woke up one morning and saw a black wolf standing in front of me. The instant I blinked, it was gone. They heard voices in the woods. They explored cemeteries. And, oh, they explored cemeteries and saw small shadows. Again, a black mass rushed past them at the cemeteries, couldn't breathe. Like, there is a lot of fantastic uh, paranormal stories from just one person. Too many to keep going. But, again, this stuff is amazing. Please don't stop sending me these just because I edited it. I apologize. I'm trying to get through as many as I can. But, fantastic story. Sounds like you've had nothing but paranormal experiences throughout your entire life, which a lot of people would love. That's, you know, it, it may seem like a curse, but to a lot of people, that's the dream. To be able to see all of this paranormal stuff. And you seem to have a, a good head on your shoulders about it. You you say that you're, you know, investigating cemeteries and you're looking out for stuff. And you're not seeming to avoid this stuff. It just seems to happen around you. Keep that up. Keep that open-mindedness up. Keep trying to debunk what you can debunk. And what you can't, that's probably paranormal. Again, fantastic. And thank you so much for sending that story in. All right, this next one. When I was really young, I lived in this little house. You could just feel something negative about it. My sister has stories about seeing a little girl who had crawled under the TV set and was staring at her. Whoa, I think I have two stories like this, and I didn't even realize this. It's, all right, um, I'll, I'm going to see if I can find the other one in a second. Um, there was a little girl who crawled under the TV set and was staring at her. My dad backed that story up saying that he asked her what she was looking at, but she couldn't see anything but he, because he couldn't see anything himself. I continuously saw a pair of red eyes which I found is consistent with the occurrence of shadow people, yes, staring back at me from windows, dark hallways, or when I would come into my parents' room to sleep because I was too scared of my own room. The instance in my parents' room, the eyes were right in front of me, oh, I'm sorry, the eyes were right above me, and all I could do was stare right back. I was too scared to move or call out to my parents sleeping ne right next to me. My sister, keeping in mind she was about seven or eight, later told me that she tried to summon demons. Okay, you know, come on, sister. How about you don't try and summon demons? She had remembered the Bible, the Bible verse, quote, If God is for me, who can be against me? And she thought that, it, and thought she could defeat demons by herself. My dad freaked out once when she told him, I still blame her for all of this. Guess what? Kurt here. So do I. Um, she keeps going on. Uh, now going back to shadow people. I've never had sleep paralysis, but I do see shadow people right after I wake up. When we were still living at the house, my dad told me how he had a dream that he was being smothered by an old witch in his sleep. Yup, 
that's shadow people. If you don't know what she's talking about or I'm talking about right now, listen to the episode about shadow people. Sure, some of it can be explained by science, but not all of it. Anyhow, uh, he, uh, old witch in his sleep, and when he woke up, there was a pillow being pressed against his face. Yeah, come on, science. You can't explain that. Uh, when he finally got it off, whatever it was was gone. He was completely alone in the house since my parents had gotten divorced, and he were and we were living with her at the time. My experience was slightly less terrifying. No matter what state I live in or what house I move to, I always see an incredibly tall man, about seven feet, roughly as tall as the door frame. Darker than dark, suggesting the shape of a man wearing a fedora and a trench coat. Holy crap! This is all the stuff from the Shadow People episode. It's amazing. He doesn't have any facial features. Everything's just pitch black. He just stands in front of my bedroom door and stares at me. Doesn't move or do anything. Just stands and stares at me until he finally disappears. No matter how my room is set up in each place, in each place I live in, he's always in my doorframe watching me. And all I can do is just watch him back. Hell yeah. That is classic Shadow People right there. Fantastic story. A listener, true story, first-person hand, first-hand experience, absolutely incredible. I love that one. But again, I think I've got another one. I know I've got another one with the TV. I'll get to it in a minute. Um, the next story says, I wanted to tell you about a sighting I had. It was January 2016. I was going to work, driving on a road that weaves through wooded areas and farmland. About halfway through, I noticed the vehicle ahead of me slammed on its brakes. I looked up to see what they were stopping for. It really happened fast, but it was brown and covered in brown fur. Heck yes. At first I thought, holy crap, it's a Bigfoot. But it had horns and appeared as though its feet weren't touching the ground. It covered about 300 feet in 10 seconds before disappearing into a tree line. Uh, basically, I looked where it had been and there were tracks in the snow, but they just looked like giant ovals, no distinguishable prints. Then last fall, I was returning home from an outing with friends on the same road. This time, as I was driving, the same creature was standing next to a barn. Definitely wasn't a Bigfoot. Eh, still awesome. Uh, I didn't tell anyone about this except my wife until a few months ago because I didn't want anyone thinking I was crazy. Again, happens all the time. If you got these stories, please tell them. As you can see, I won't say anybody, I won't tell anybody what your name is. I'll keep it anonymous. We need to hear these stories. Um, once I started talking about it, a couple different people told me what I saw was a Wendigo. Yes. And that it's been seen before. From what little I can find online about them, they are tied to Native American heritage, and this area is full of Native American history. I live in a little town in Pennsylvania called Catawissa, which I think is named for an Indian tribe. Sure, probably. Um, yeah, Wendigos, you are, you're basically describing a Wendigo, uh, slightly. Um, actually, more than slightly. You're, you're basically describing a Wendigo. I do want to do an episode on Wendigo. Maybe I should have saved it for then, but I love this story, so no, I wanted to tell you about it now. Fantastic story. Again, details, other witnesses, people independently telling him about what it is. It wasn't like he or they or she. Um, I can't remember which what they were, to be honest with you. They, what, they, uh, what they'd seen, they independently said to them, oh, yeah, I saw it too. It's a Wendigo. That's amazing. Aha, we're two away from, we're two away from the other TV story. Okay, next one up. Uh, up until very recently, I did not, I did not know for sure that I believed in ghosts, but then everything changed in the winter of 2013. My dad who'd been a drug addict and alcoholic all his life died right before Christmas after a long illness. First, Kurt here, sorry for your loss. That is terrible. 
It wasn't surprising that he died and how he died, but as his youngest child, it was still a very hard thing for me. I was 25, had two small kids that he never really got to know, and felt like we lost so much potential for a great relationship. He had dementia due to high levels of ammonia that affected his brain from the liver disease, so, even, so he even forgot who I was towards the end. All of this is just to say that he and I had a lot of unfinished business when he died. A month later, my sister's longtime boyfriend, who'd become like a brother to me and my siblings, died from suicide. That one was very unexpected, and it broke us all. Two months after that, my last remaining grandparent died. In the midst of all of this death, my parents moved into a house that they discovered is haunted, and we all believe that it has also been inhabited by the spirit of my sister's boyfriend as well. I also bought a house just down the road from my parents, and my son talks about Mr. Nobody. Now this appears to be the ghost of a very abusive man who used to live there. My son is six and has no idea about the previous owners of my house. I don't ever tell him ghost stories or encourage the things he believes he sees. So while I don't call him a liar when he tells me about something that Mr. Nobody does, I also don't give him any reason to think that I believe there's actually a ghost in our house. Now he's never said it's a ghost, but everything he says is indicative of one. And we had a little back and forth on this one, but I wanted to add this one because of the Mr. Nobody. His son calls him Mr. Nobody. We got a name to a spirit, whether that's one that the kid made up or what this thing wants to be known as. We have a name. Where there's a name, there's usually more information. So I'm going to keep my eye out for more Mr. Nobody type stories. But I got to say, this is a fantastic one. It's terrifyingly sad episode or sad um, story. A ton of death. I can't even imagine going through all that death. Um, I do kind of, I, and, and I hope you take this in the right way. I do kind of hope that your parents' house is haunted by the sister's boyfriend. As long as it's, you know, a peaceful haunting, you know, that's what I wouldn't give to talk to a friend that had passed away or see a friend that had passed away. It's definitely not necessarily a negative. In my mind, it's definitely not a negative. If it is the spirit of the sister's boyfriend, try to communicate. Try to see if they have anything that they want you to know about or any unfinished business or, you know, pass along messages. It's a great chance to talk to somebody who has passed on. Death doesn't have to always be the end. All right. Thanks again. Again, thank you for that one. That was a fantastic one. Here we go to the next one. I was babysitting when I was younger and the little girl I babysat would sit with me very closely whenever we watched Disney movies on the TV. Whenever I, whenever I would go to get popcorn or snacks, she would run into the kitchen with me. Stupidly, I eventually asked her why she didn't just sit there and watch the movie, and she replied, I don't like the girl that stands behind the TV looking at me. Ooh, slightly different, but again, weird that there's two little girl TV uh, stories. This is insane. I asked her what she looks like, and she described a girl from the 50s or 60s with long blonde hair, and then she said the girl never smiles, she just stares at both of us while we watch TV. I started bringing board games, and we would play those in the kitchen instead of watching TV from that point on, because frankly, F that little girl ghost. Yeah, you know, that. I can't blame you for that one. If there's something that's just sitting there staring at you, that's a little kid ghost with outdated clothing on. But again, this one is uh, kind of different. It's not Victorian clothing. It's just 50s or 60s clothing. I don't know how they determined that. I didn't ask that question. I feel bad. Um, but yeah, I don't blame you at all. I wouldn't want to sit in that room. Can you imagine babysitting a little kid, them telling you that story, 
And then that little kid going to bed and you're, what? You're going to sit there just staring at this TV knowing that there's a little dead girl staring back at you? There's no freaking way I would watch TV in that room. Well, I mean, now I would, but, you know, back in the day, I probably would be too scared to do it. But holy crap, that's terrifying. Great story. And again, very bizarre that I had two little kid, a little girl uh, ghosts that are connected to a TV in some way, shape, or form. All right, this next one says, I used to work at a Dairy Queen, and no one would ever go into the back freezer alone because of the ghost. He would touch you or grab your hair if you went in alone. Now, there was all sorts of BS urban legends about him, like he was a manager that committed suicide in the freezer. <laughs> Thank you, Stitch. A uh, manager that committed suicide in the freezer, or there used to be a farm on that spot, and the farmer killed his slaves on that very spot. I don't believe that crap, but I did have someone put their hands on my hips when I was getting ice cream one time. I whipped around, and nobody was there. This wasn't a hallucination because people have told me about the ghost in the freezer. I legitimately felt someone put their hands on my hips. It was creepy. Yeah, that is creepy. Kurt here. That is creepy. Very creepy. This next one says, I hope these don't have to be news stories. Nope, they do not. I don't care when the story's from, as long as it's true. I hope this don't I hope these don't have to be news stories. Mine is from the 70s, and me and my buddies were out by a quarry drinking, but not drunk. I know you're gonna just say we were wasted and not in our right minds, but we were just starting to drink. I'm gonna say it right now. You guys sound like you were wasted and not in your right minds. Sorry. Uh, so he goes on to say, well, not in our right minds. We're just starting to drink when nine points of light that we thought were stars slowly formed a huge circle in the sky. We watched them move. These were not satellites, nor were they planes. The nine lights formed a circle and just stayed there in the same spot in the sky for 10 minutes or so when they all shot off in when they all shot off in different directions, almost instantly gone. This is faster than anything I have ever seen before or since. I know what is possible and what isn't. These things were faster than anything we had then or anything we have now. Hey, that's cool. I'm not going to say you weren't in your right minds. You obviously know you were. If you had just started drinking and you're in the quarry, there's not a lot of people around, probably not a lot of lights around. It's probably the perfect spot to spot a UFO. I think it's a great story. I got nothing against you. I think it's a great story. And again, they don't have to be new. This one's from 1970s, from the 70s. I don't care when they're from, as long as they're real. All right, this next one's a long one, but I had to add it. I want to start off by saying, I didn't believe in Bigfoot at all until then. Oh, there's more. There was stuff before that. Uh, when you see something like this, you don't have much of a choice after that. I did, and still to this day, believe in ghosts and have seen a UFO. I hope that doesn't diminish my credibility, but I'm not making any of this up. Kurt here. No, it doesn't. Um, it goes on to say, when I was younger, I figured there would have to be, they would have found a Bigfoot by now if it existed. I understand a little better now why they haven't. Anyway, so we're just starting at the University of Calgary and my friend Rob and I decided to go on a big hike with a couple other friends to lower Galatea, Galatea, Galatea Lake. Sure. G-A-L-A-T-E-A. From there, you can hike over a pass to Upper Galatee Lake, and we're just going to fly fish. Our other buddies brought their girlfriends, but we were solo. After a bit, we pulled ahead. About five clicks in, Rob stopped to get his trail mix out and started digging in his pack. 
While I waited, I was looking down the trail and could see maybe 200 feet. There were big trees on both sides of us, and the trail was heading downward or downhill slightly where we were. At that point, maybe 100 feet in front of me, this huge thing all of a sudden walks into the path out of the trees, stops, turns towards me, and looks straight at me. I was absolutely petrified. It was a massive brown and upright, it was massive brown and upright on two legs. It had a big hairy face, Kurt here, this next part's very important, but no snout. It just stared at me. I started tapping Rob behind me like, Rob, Rob. He goes, hang on a second. I said, Rob, look, what the F is that? Just as he turns to look, this creature turns back and walks off the path back into the trees. I was so freaked out, we didn't pull out the shotgun we weren't supposed to have and loaded it. Ha, <laughs> I was so freaked out, we pulled out the shotgun we weren't supposed to have and loaded it. Before we left, we brought this shotgun because of all the bears and because we didn't have any bear spray. The damn park ranger ended up confiscating it away from us at our camp too. Anyway, this was late summer and the trail was a hard pan with loose gravel. Hard, hard pan with loose gravel? Sure. So we couldn't find any tracks and we couldn't hear it at all. What I know with absolute certainty is that it walked upright and was not a bear. Kurt here, I'm going to read that part again. What I know for absolute certainty is that it walked upright and was not a bear. It was huge and hairy and had long arms. And I think the damn thing stalked us to our camp. Maybe it was curious, maybe it was something else after that, but we kept hearing something circling us that night by the campfire and then got woken up very early by heavy breathing outside our tent the next morning. All our food and gear were hanging 500 feet away, 20 feet up on these poles. This I can't say was Bigfoot at all, but it just felt like it was. I've not seen... Oh, I've not seen one since, but the image of that huge creature is just burned in my mind from the day on the trail. First of all, thank you so much. Don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. Oh, I guess I am swearing in this episode. I said it twice now. Thank you for not shooting Bigfoot. That's awesome. You seem to know exactly what you were talking about. Exactly what you were looking at. There was no question in your mind. Big hairy face, no snout. Very important. There's not a lot of bears out there with no snouts. So again, tons of details. Witnesses. Very... A very intelligent, very well-told tale about seeing a Bigfoot. Something I want to see so desperately bad, you stumbled across one. It's absolutely fantastic. And you've seen a ghost in a UFO? Save some of the paranormal for the rest of us. Honestly, though, fantastic story. Thank you so much. We talked back and forth a few times. You know that. But uh, absolutely awesome story. Thank you so much for sharing it. Next one says, in 2004, I was traveling west from my state of Colorado and a traveling companion had to stay in western Wyoming since he had a family there and they needed him home for a funeral or something like that. So I had to find a way to get the west coast to get to the west coast from there. I found a couple of really great people about my age at the time were going to Salt Lake City, which was the largest city, largest city in the area because they were going to go to a get together or whatever. So I was dropped off at SLC and I found my way to the bus station. So there I was at the Greyhound station in Salt Lake City, stuck and, and, and unable to get, oh, I'm butchering this story, I'm sorry, it's a great one. Stuck and unable to get anywhere from there since I had no money to get a ticket either to where I was going, San Francisco, California, or home. It was a couple hours that I was there, putting around in the station before I went out to have a cigarette. I wasn't really talking to anyone or anything, I wasn't really talking to anybody or anything, when a guy came up to me. I can still remember what he looks like. This guy was like a gutter punk with his battle jacket festooned with patches and rivets, 
a dirty pair of ripped jeans, Doc Martens, and the whole lot. He had a mohawk and piercings. He came up to me and said, you, you look like you need to go to California, and handed me a ticket. The ticket was for a ride to San Francisco, which was leaving in a half an hour. I looked up, about to say I couldn't possibly take this ticket free, that I could trade or something, and the guy was just gone. Nowhere. It was not even five seconds before I looked up, and he wasn't on the sidewalk, on the street, in the station, nowhere. I swear his feet were in front of me when I looked up, and then he wasn't there at all. I've always wondered what the hell happened there, who this guy was, and how exactly he knew where I was trying to head. All right, listeners, what do you think about that one? Is that a guardian angel? Is it a ghost? Is it a time traveler? What is it? It's amazing is what it is. It's a fantastic story. I'm sorry I butchered it so bad. Alrighty, so we got a couple more. Okay, so this hits close to home. I was an avid sleep paralysis victim until just about last May. I would get them so regularly that it just became normal. No, I never got shadow people, thank God. Well, my thing was always a black cat with bright yellow eyes, and for the past three years, it was always the same cat. Now, I don't know if it was a sign or what, but last May, I ended up rescuing a four-week-old black kitten with the brightest yellow eyes I have ever seen. Ever since then, I haven't had sleep paralysis. I sort of think my baby girl Harper, hi Harper, awesome name for a tiny black kitten, is my guardian angel. Funny thing, funny thing is, she always sleeps on my chest when I'm laying in bed. This is just a short but sort of cool story, I think. Hey, you know what? This Kurt here. I think so, too. I think it's fantastic that, in my opinion, that Harper found you. I don't think you rescued Harper. I think Harper rescued you. I think it's a fantastic story. I think it was meant to be. And thank you so much for sharing it. Stitch and I both like it. Right, Stitch? Yeah. Uh, this next one. I have a few ghost stories that I encountered myself. First one was I was in the first grade. I lived in Yakima, Washington, and I lived in this house that was active for the paranormal. One night, I remembered waking up, having to go to the restroom. Everyone's asleep, walked downstairs to the bathroom, walked back up in bed into the top bunk, and I looked out into the top, into the, sorry, into the pitch black hall, and I saw red eyes staring at me. I was terrified. They stared at me for 10 to 15 minutes, it felt like. I covered my head at the time, counted to 10, two times, and it finally went away. Then we would hear footsteps, uh, we would hear footsteps walking uh, down in the basement when no one was there. Oh, then we would hear footsteps while down in the basement and no one was upstairs. Then in another house, my mom slept on the couch where we moved in two days, and in the middle of the night, the couch flipped over in the air and my mom fell to the floor trying to get out. Again, absolutely fantastic. Um, Seems like uh, you got something that's following you as well. Something with red eyes. Sorry to say, red eyes, never a good thing, in my opinion. Alrighty, this next one. I grew up in a small town in North Carolina, Carolina called Wise. The house we lived in had been in my family since the late 1800s. First used as a hotel and a post office for the railway. After the Civil War, oh, I didn't say late 1800s, since the 1800s. First used as a hotel and a post office for the railway. After the Civil War, the house was turned into an everyday home. This house is full of activity from loud footsteps upstairs to the smell of cigars and the walk-in pantry. This has been going on for years and we became so used to the activity in the house. A few things did happen growing up that definitely left its mark. My first experience and the reason I believe in ghosts. I was around 10 or 11 years old and I woke up one night with a feeling someone was watching over my shoulder. First thing I noticed was how cold it was, which was weird because it was the middle of the summer and this house had no central AC. 
we used window units. The second thing I noticed was I shared, the second thing was, since I shared a room with my two younger brothers, we had a nightlight in the room, but was turned off. As I was laying in bed, feeling someone was watching me, I finally looked over my shoulder to see a young girl, probably no older than I was at the time, standing in front of me. I'm sorry, standing in front of my window. I could see her as plain as day. She was wearing an older looking to be white dress and she had pigtails. The only thing I could see, the only thing was, I could see straight through her. I freaked out, threw my head under the covers and tried hard to scream, but I couldn't. I was so scared, but I didn't feel like I was in any kind of danger. After a few seconds, I noticed the nightlight was in the room was back on and I turned back to look and the girl, the little girl was gone. The next morning, I told my dad what happened. My dad told me that in the 30s, my family member who owned the house rented it out to a lady named Miss Essie, and she took care of her three granddaughters during the summer. Anyway, during the summer, the three girls were playing on the railroad tracks, and the youngest slipped and fell, hitting her head and killing her. Now, my dad said, I don't know if what you saw was that little girl, but it would make sense. Since, since, when, since when my dad was a child staying at his grandmother's, he claims he saw an old lady, old lady standing at the bottom of the staircase in which his grandmother told him the story of Miss Essie and about her granddaughter that was killed on the railroad tracks in front of the house. Now, I've never seen Miss Essie, but you best believe I never walked into that hallway in the dark. I also never saw that ghost of that little girl again until I was much older. My grandfather, who also lived in the house after Miss Essie, passed away. She didn't die in the house, at least that's what I'm told. He found and kept old pictures that were found in the house after his mother and him moved in. I asked my papa if I could see those pictures, more just wondering about what Miss Essie looked like since I had heard so much about her growing up. My papa showed me this picture and the first thing I saw sent shivers down my back. In the picture was the little girl I had saw. She didn't have pigtails in the picture, but there was no doubt it was her. So I guess my dad was right. I have a ton more experiences from this area and I feel like it's a hot spot just because of the Civil War battles that happen around the area and such. Fan-freaking-tastic story. Proof. Witnesses. More proof. Examples. Descriptions. Everything about this story I love. Um, and yeah, I agree. Any area around the Civil War is highly active. Especially an area that something like this, where this house has been used for so many things back in the day. Hotel, post office, it's always been there. It's always had tons of people in there. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think you saw the little girl's ghost, Miss Essie's granddaughter's ghost. And Miss Essie, if you're listening, hi, nothing but love for you. All right, this next one says, oops, I lost my place. Oh, here we are. This next one says, this happened about six or seven years ago. I, work, I worked as a carpenter for my dad doing residential work. So we're used to going in and out of people's houses for jobs. One job in particular we started was in a Victorian house in Massachusetts. And from the minute I stepped foot inside the house, it was uncomfortable, but for no particular reason. We we're doing work on the ceiling, so it was part of what we had to hang sheets of plastic so everything in the house didn't get covered in dust while we worked. Now the main hallway, the main hallway we were working in was fairly narrow. It had a few rooms off of it, and one of those old, st old school stairwells, ah, and one of those old school stairwells for maids to go up and down. There we go. One room in that hallway really stood out to me because it appeared to be a young girl's room. Flowery pink wallpaper, several dolls, and a really small bed and a few other things that came off as creepy. And as far as I know, 
there were no children living in that house. Come to think of it, I never actually saw the homeowners either, which is odd. The room itself didn't look like it had changed much since the house was built. Everything in the room was old. We were in the house a grand total of probably a week, and sometime in the middle of that week, I saw for a brief moment what I think was the young ghost girl out of the corner of my eye. Now, this girl was wearing a flowery dress, had large black holes for eyes. Stop right there. This girl was wearing a flowery dress, had large black holes for eyes. Black holes for eyes. Are you kidding me? That's creepy. And it goes on. And an almost cartoony, sharp, toothy smile. It was honestly one of the most unsettling things I had ever seen. This was the only time where we were at the house that I saw anything, but from that point on, I couldn't help but trying to catch another glimpse of something I really didn't want to see again. I can't blame you. Now, I'm not sure if this was the general uneasiness I felt in the house, my imagination, some plastic blowing in a draft or whatever, but the only thing I've ever seen in my life that I even considered supernatural. Hey man, I don't think that flowing plastic, maybe your imagination, but that is a very specific description. Flowery dress, black holes for eyes, almost cartoony, sharp, toothy smile. If you were asleep in that house, I would say, oh yeah, you just freaked yourself out and you dreamt it. This doesn't sound like you were asleep in that house. Doesn't sound like you were sleeping at all. Doesn't sound like you were dreaming at all. Sounds to me like you saw a creepy, toothed, black-holed-eyed young girl in a flowery dress. Absolutely creepy. Absolutely fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Alrighty, I think this is the last one. This is the last one. Alrighty, I got one to go. Where are we at? Oh, that's perfect timing. Alrighty, I've got one more to go. Hi, I have a ghost story. I love when they start like that. Oh, and by the way, almost every one of these started with like, Hi, Kurt, you're just the absolute best. Paranormal Almanac is better than every other podcast in the world. And frankly, we love you more than we love our own, you know, wife, husband, whatever. Not really, but they were very nice. Every one of these emails have been fantastically nice. Uh, sorry. Uh, hi, I have a ghost story. My grandma was... My grandma has a hutch in her kitchen. Not our grandma was a hutch. That'd be different. My grandma has a hutch in her kitchen, and it's a two-piece hutch. She had glassware, bowls, and plates in it. So on Easter, when I was a kid, I was downstairs in the basement on the computer. Before I went down there, I remember seeing my dad sitting next to the hutch, leaning his elbow on it. So I went downstairs. Maybe 20, 20 minutes later, I heard my grandma yell, Look out! Followed by a crash. I ran upstairs to see what happened. The top of the hutch, with all the glassware in it, fell forward, hitting the microwave. Would you believe that nothing broke inside? Now, it took three men to put it back up. Fast forward to an hour later, I was hugging my mom, and I see a shadow in the hallways. I ran downstairs, shut the computer down, and ran back up, and I didn't want to go down for the rest of the night. I love this one. I personally think, yeah, there is something to this. Now, you did say, though, that... Um, you saw your dad sitting next to the hutch, leaning his elbow on the hutch. Now, you did mention that it took three men to get it back up, but maybe, just possibly, probably not at all. But I'm just trying to be the devil's ad advocate for all these people listening. As the devil's advocate, could your dad's elbow leaning on the hutch made it a little off balance, and it might have taken a little bit longer, but finally, 20 minutes later, it fell over? Yeah, it is possible. But here's the thing. I know grandma's hutches. I've got two grandmas that had hutches. I've got a mom that has hutches, that has a hutch. 
I know the glassware and the bowls and the plates that are in those hutches. That is the most fragile shit ever. If you look at it wrong, it'll break. Yet nothing inside broke it at all? Broke at all? That's weird. That right there is very weird. And like, I, I'm glad you did say it took three men to put it back up to show, hey, these things are heavy. They're really heavy. They don't just fall all the time. But again, I was playing devil's advocate. That doesn't explain the shadow in the hallway, though. And I'd love to know more about that. Did it have a shape? Did it move? Did you just run away? Did it look like it was coming at you? You know, tell me more about that. That I want to hear more about. So, hope you're listening still. If you are, you know this is your story. Please write back. Tell me more about the shadow person or any other paranormal stories. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Alrighty, with that, let's call it to be continued for listener paranormal stories. Like I said, this isn't even half of what I got. This episode's over an hour long. Most listener ghost stories are like half hour episodes, but they're so packed with goodness that it's worth it. This thing's over an hour long. Fantastic stories. Some left me wanting, having more questions than answers. Some answered everything. I love them all. I cannot thank you guys enough. You listeners make this show so great. I only do it because of the listeners I get, because of the interactions I get, because I get to hear fantastic stories like these. That's why I do it. I absolutely love it. Once again, if you have any kind of paranormal story, if you ever seen a ghost, a Wendigo, Mothman, Bigfoot, Yeti, some kind of aquatic creature that some might call a monster, um, UFOs, black triangles, those little Tic Tacs that are all over the news right now, those Tic Tac UFOs. Not just Tic Tacs. Everybody's seen Tic Tacs. Don't write to me saying, hey, Kurt, I heard your episode. I'm in the grocery store right now and I looked over and there's some Tic Tacs. Is this what you wanted? No. The little Tic Tac UFOs is what I'm talking about. Um, if you've got a paranormal story, I want to hear it. I absolutely love them. I love everything about these episodes. I know I say thank you to my patrons all the time. I don't say it to the regular listeners enough. Thank you all so much for listening to Paranormal Almanac. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I know a lot of you say, like, please, please keep making more episodes. I am. Don't worry. It might take me a little bit longer, like this week. I had a late start to the week because I disconnected over the weekend. It was a fantastic weekend, but I disconnected completely. Because of that, it took me a little bit longer to get going again. Um, I do this all myself. I edit it myself. I record it myself. I research it myself. Not this episode. This was all you guys, but... The rest of them, I do it all myself, so it does take a lot of time. When I get home from work, hanging out with Stitch, I'll write or work on an episode a little bit. The next day, a little bit more. Next day, a little bit more. On the weekend, a little bit more. This show is a love of mine. I want to keep doing it. I want to keep making a ton more episodes. Don't worry, I'm going to. I would never stop before 100 unless something drastic or dramatic happens. And even then, I'm not going to stop at 100. I've just always wanted to get to 100 on a podcast. That seems like such a crazy, cool goal. I know some podcasts have been going on for like 1,200 episodes. But for me, doing this all on my own, my own budget, with the help of the patrons, but my own budget, you listeners, thank you so much. I could not do this show without you. The fact that you guys listen at all to me blows me away. The fact that I have listeners around the world 
blows me away on a daily basis. I got a little mushy at the end of this one. I apologize. Let's get back to the topic on hand. So what did you guys think? Did you guys like those stories? Did any of those stories seem seem fake? They all seemed real to me, but did any of these stories seem fake to you? I hope they're not. I don't think they are. I talked to just about every one of these people that, that wrote the stories, and they all seem genuine. But what do you guys think? Are there scientific explanations? Can some of these stories be debunked? I always want to hear that kind of stuff. Do you have stories like them? Did it remind you of anything that happened to you as a child? Did maybe hearing one of these stories go make you go, oh, crap, I got a story like that? If so, send it to me. Honestly, as long as it's true, I want to hear it. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and this has been a listener paranormal episode of Paranormal Almanac. Yeah, I agree. Sir and Siddle, it's almost sweet.